on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton. Welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast. So here we are then. It's been a while. I mean, we've got plenty to catch up on. Welcome back to, it is still the Saints Prime Podcast. We are still, all four of us still here and we're still here to talk about football. So whether that's for better or for worse, we are going to catch up with all the going on with Southampton over the last three weeks, two weeks. I can't quite remember. We haven't done one since December the 9th. There we go. First of all, I think we should apologise for our absence. We've all been very busy doing uni work. Uni yeah, work, busy period working, in December for us boys. Arguments, no, we had no arguments. Mm-hmm. We've all been very well, happy. What do you know about Ollie? <laughs> that I don't know about. I know. <laughs> oh well. Right. Well, Harry, if you could do us a favour and tell the listeners what they've got look to look forward to in this episode. To look forward to. Well, we're just gonna have a little review of everything that's happened between when we like when you last heard us and now when you're hearing us now, and also you know the games that have gone on and the West Ham game coming up. But obviously, to start off with, flash back your mind to the 9th of December where we recorded a podcast after winning two one against Brighton. Then we won three 0 against Sheffield United, and then went on to not win in our next four. So I'm gonna hand it over to you boys in a bit. In sort of. After after such two good results against teams that we should be beating, we've now had four games without a win. So that positive start, it's still all good. We're still in a good position, but it's not quite as good as it was. What what are your overriding thoughts over the last three-ish sort of weeks? I mean, it's still points, isn't it? Like it's still undefeated. You can kind of twist it both ways. But for me, I'm like as long as we're still getting points on the board, like we're still outperforming at this current period. Kuman's most uh, what's the word? Successful season. Mm. We're still on a better trajectory than we were under Kuman. So you can kind of spin it both ways. But I'm still thinking, you know, you still get points. You're still undefeated. You're continuing to progress, and mm. I'm, 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 I don't really have too many concerns. I mean, we'll get onto the Fulham game later because there was surprisingly for me a lot of criticisms for a one-all draw. Um, well, we'll get there. We'll get there later down the line. Let's 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 go in chronological order first, shall we? Let's get let's keep on yeah. track. So it, it was nil nil, but we did start off this losing or not losing because we I think we drew two one two with a one all draw with Arsenal. Theo Walcott smashing one into the back of the net against his old team before Aubameyang scores what felt like his first goal in about three years. <laughs> I just want to say uh, I love the fact that Theo celebrated. Can we just oh, talk yeah. about that? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He's a Saints man through and through. Yeah. Arsenal who? Am I right? Yeah, and to be fair, when he played for Everton, he celebrated against us. So I think it's just I think it's just sort of the mentality for him that whoever he plays for, he doesn't care the other teams that he's playing against. He's like, no, I scored for this team. I'm going to enjoy scoring for this team. So I'm, I'm glad he did that. But, I like that. I, like, if you're celebrating a goal, it's a joyous occasion. I don't understand. Now, I know it's like a sign of respect, but I don't know. I think... I think you can celebrate. I mean, I wasn't too upset when Theo celebrated against us. No. Why not? You scored a goal. You've helped yeah. your team. Enjoy it. I don't know. Is that just me? Do you think you should celebrate? Because Arsenal go in quite harsh. When you used to score against... Oh, no. You, you were a one-man no, team, I was a one-club man. I never, <laughs> never moved course, around. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, you... Was... Wait, Ollie, you're forgetting a bit. Scoring? Is that really good? <laughs> <laughs> wasn't much of that either. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, would you, would you celebrate, Mikey? Are you upset when players celebrate against opposite like? teams they used to play for uh, I think it's just down to the player 
this whether uh, it's it's about the respect to the club. But mm. again, if a club's treated you how Arsenal treated Theo Walcott, then you've got all your rights to celebrate against them. I, I think it is down to respect and down to what it, it what it means to that player. So they can do whatever they want when they're celebrating, not celebrating, whatever. I reckon Arsenal are one of the most toxic, not fan bases, but in terms of support level. Are they up there? I think that the club's quite... like The club's not well run. The players that they're bringing in are are not to the quality that they should be. And I think you look at Arsenal, Arsenal used to be an end club. Arsenal used to be a, a club that you aim to get to and they'll be challenging for titles. Now they're handing contracts to someone who's been rejected from their rivals and handing a contract to them for 220 grand yeah. for two, three years. Did, it's you, just see like, the, did you see the uh, Theo Walcott interview with um, Peter Crouch? No. I think Jamie, you, you might have heard of it. Well, uh, they were talking about Theo's like move from Southampton to Arsenal and they had to keep it hushed up and there was a lot of paperwork due to the fact that he was under 18 so they couldn't actually do like professional contracts and stuff like that but uh, Peter Crouch was kind of asking him what was the what was the reason to go into Arsenal because obviously Southampton had, good, had a good setup. he was in the first team scoring goals and he said training with Thierry Henry that was, that was enough for him like you know and I'm, I'm not saying but that just kind of shows the calibre, isn't it? They just had that player that would, you know, you could have one player that would mean it would attract other players to go to. So, yeah, maybe it's that Arsenal don't have that kind of pulling factor and they have to kind of feed off scraps a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I was just saying, I, I know we kind of segued a bit there, but I was just kind of thinking that we're talking about Arsenal. It seems like their their hostility can also can be like really high at some point. So, I mean, there's certain YouTube channels that uh, <laughs> make bank off it. <laughs> TV. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't going to name it, Tiz, but I if you want to be loveless, you can be loveless. Oli, in all fairness, mate, I yeah. don't think we're quite rivaling them yet. I don't, I don't think we're <laughs> not not quite yet. there. Not yet. Yet, we will yet get is there. the key word. See? Love that, Jamie. I think it's just, I think it's just the fact they've got an expectant fan base where they're really just a slightly bigger West Ham. Like they're not. Ooh. I mean, we're not like, fan Arsenal fans here, are we? Really? Let's be honest. Like, I don't know any. Exactly. Is there any Arsenal fans that listen to Saints podcast? I don't think I so. But I, like, I, I don't blame. Them. I don't blame them for being expectant. But when you get rid of a manager like Arsene Wenger, thinking it was his fault, whereas actually Arsene Wenger papered over the cracks rather than the team papering the cracks over Arsene Wenger, and then you get cracks Unai Emery. Yeah, exactly. Lots, lots of lots of cracks. So I think it just showed how good Wenger was rather than how good or bad Arsenal were. But we do want all with them. Aubameyang got the equaliser. Sort of. We'll quickly sum it up. What was your? Were you happy with the point against a team like Arsenal who were really struggling at that point? I mean, of course they were struggling, but it's still a team worth so much money. They've got such quality, especially attacking wise. They're they're a lot of quality. Um, and if at the start of the season we were going to take a point away from the Emirates, I would have. I know it's that's oh, not how it works, but them going down to ten men and us basically trying to hit them like for the last twenty minutes. I liked how we were patient. We weren't um, weren't so uh, trying to force the ball into the net. But there were a couple of occasions like Redmond hitting the crossbar. Gineppo running the ball out of play after taking about 10, 15 touches that he didn't have to take. 
Like all all of those things, they are opportunities that we had to win the game. So, but then Rob holding hit the crossbar in the last two minutes. So mm. I'm sure he would have. Been yeah, I think a point's a good result to take away from that. I I've, think I've he had, had to no be offside, idea. didn't he, Rob, Rob Holding? Like uh, the commentator says something like, "Oh, if he was onside, then sh- oh, that was a good opportunity." But he, he looks so far offside. I, I don't understand that at all. Like, oh, he, yeah. they literally stepped up, and he would. He was. He had a free header. Oh, he's completely unmarked. Yeah, because he was five yards offside. Like, <laughs> I know it's a good opportunity, but it doesn't count as an opportunity for a side. It's literally just because the ref didn't flag. But let's mm. not get so on the VAR. We we drew all. We drew all. We drew one we drew all in that Ooh. game. And then we moved on to a game against Manchester City. Obviously, a team that we beat one 0 last season. Chai Adams with the the fantastic goal. But we go down. We we lose one 0 Sort of. Do you think we played better in this game? Arguably not better or. Not not better, but we. I think we still play as well. I, st- I still think we play as well in a game that debatably we should have p- maybe have got something out of because Manchester City, they weren't they weren't the same level that they normally are. We created a lot of very good chances and sadly we weren't quite able to take any of them. So quickly looking at that game itself, how was it? Dis- was it disappointing not to get any points out of that sort of game? Or that's a stupid question because obviously it is. But how disappointing was it? Again, for me, it's it's a top it's a top side. They've mm. spent so much money. They've got probably the best squad in the league, um, without a doubt. The amount of rotation that they can do, what they can bring off the bench, is brilliant. And the goal that we conceded, it didn't feel like there was a lot we could do about it. I mean, Bertrand's positioning wasn't great, um, and it was just a long ball upfield. But it it was so like the tempo was so high, the passing was so good that all of a sudden the ball was in the back of the net and we didn't really know what happened. Um, but I, the performance that we did in our win against Man City was so different to the performance that we did in our loss. And I think that shows how far we've come in the fact that Man City dominated us last time. And then this time they were showing respect. They were running the ball into the corner in the 90th minute. Like They, they were so willing to take a 1-0 that they just weren't even trying to retain the ball. So I thought our performance against Man City was brilliant. It's just a shame we couldn't get anything from it. My um, favourite thing from that game was the players' reactions on the social media or afterwards. They were frustrated with the um, loss against City and they felt like they could do a lot better, which is just such a good... I guess it's a side like City, like Mikey said, one of the, arguably one of the best teams in Europe at the moment, let alone in England. Like that our players are frustrated that we lost one nil, and actually they thought that we could do so much better. It just shows such a difference compared to players under Pellegrino, for example. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it just kind of shows the the increase we've had in the actual quality of football we've been showing. I think it's probably, arguably, the best football we've seen down at St Mary's because I, I don't know. I, I think we play out the back now, and I know it's kind of due to current circumstances where with a with no fans you can kind of play a little bit more risky and stuff like that but it's still Saint, 11 Saints players out there doing it playing that football playing out the back I mean we haven't seen football being played out the back I know with Pochettino we'd press and with Koeman it was it was similar but Koeman's was uh, up to a target man and Pochettino's was pressing but we kind of only had one plan with Pochettino and if we were down we would sometimes not get back into games where I just think Ralph's football 
you have the excitement of the press at times, but it's more balanced now. It's not as ruthless as it used to be. Um, and we have a patient build-up. We've got interesting interlocking bits, players all comfortable playing on the ball. I think it has to it has to be argued that it's some of the best football we've seen us definitely down in St Mary's play um, and in the Premier League as well. You know, with how long we've been up there now, I think it I think it has to be some of the best football. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me looking at it now, but I don't look back and think, oh, we were playing mm, like better football. You look at like Romeo and Ward Prowse; these were players that weren't getting in the teams years ago, and now mm. are staples, aren't they? Mm. Yeah, talking about Romeo there, he was one, you know, we lost 1-0 against uh, Manchester City. But sadly, we had a lot of bad things that came out of that game. Romeo got uh, suspended and we back for the next game. But also Danny Ings got injured for what, what seems like the foreseeable future. Ralph wasn't too sure when asked about it, when he was going to come back. And going into that Fulham game, we had, what, four, four key players out. Going into it, were, were you happy with the team that we selected to start with? Looking Delighted, at the players mate. that we got injured. Delighted. Shane Long was played. It, it was the best lineup of the season. It, was... <laughs> it doesn't invoke so exciting. Um fear into your opponents, does it? No. A man who, as a Saints fan, I can't think of his last goal he scored. February. Villa. Um... Wasn't it Villa? February. Last yeah. season. We, we were at the Oh, oh yeah, we were, weren't we? God, that's was ages ago. It's coming up to a year anniversary without him scoring. No, no. Oh, two, we're months. two months. Or, okay, yeah, we're, we're two months so away from he, that. He can, he can have another one. He's not going to really play there, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> he's had eight substitute appearances this season. This is his first start. Of course, he's not really going to score a goal when he's coming on in the ninetieth minute of most games. Mikey, you know to everyone the stat of how many guys he scored from coming off the bench. Exactly, because he's coming on in the 90th minute. You know, see there were substitutions around this. Were you expecting? Right, give me a. Oh, Speaking of substitutions, is anyone else getting a bit frustrated with Ralph's um, subs coming off the like, really I mean, late? The structure, of the, the structure of this Fulham conversation has already gone completely out the window. It's, it's, Did you it's, have the Fulham. it's related to the Fulham. Did you but, have him? It's his first two subs were the 92nd and 93rd minute. He wanted to make an impact. He didn't pick that up. I asked about Harry's structure and he just sighed. He just went, oh. Oh, <laughs> oh just, just, I know this is going completely off topic again. Oh, Harry, yes. how was Dan Andalusa performance off the bench? Um, he contributed the same amount as Shane Long in the, the entire game, so I was quite impressed. <laughs> he no, didn't feel, touch the ball. <laughs> um, I don't remember Shane touching the ball. But he did, he did it in an offside position that ended up in the back of the net. And he shot the keeper straight at him, which is The thing is, the way that, way that I look at it, I like, like just because you like someone, it doesn't mean that you can't criticise their... And their level of performance, and that—that's me with Shane. I really like Shane, but it doesn't mean that he's free from abuse because otherwise, that's biased towards a particular player. Uh, again, I'm, I'm going to say he didn't play well, but I don't think he's the one that should get the most wrath out oh, of, no, the, I don't like out of not, the four yeah. attacking players that we got. I Theo Walcott wasn't part of the game. Every single time he picked the ball up, he got tackled. He dribbled past. He, he dribbled past. Try too much and then not do it. I thought Armstrong was probably at his least influential he's been this season. He's during the Fulham game. He just. I don't didn't... think. I don't think he's looked good since he's come back from COVID. But I don't. I know. But I remember he needed like a good run of games, and then he started playing well. I think he's almost reverted back to that again, and we're kind of in his. 
you know, his run of games that he needs. And then hopefully he will get back on form again. But it seems like every, I don't know, there was a few times where his turn of pace really did kind of help us in those pressured situations. But there was, again, things where he was turning into trouble on the edge of our box, which you just don't really need. It's probably best to just either clear it or play it out into the flanks. But I think there was a couple of times when he was he was traveling in transition where he he uh, he kind of changed the pace and got past a few players. But yeah, I definitely agree. He's not been he's not been firing that that great at all. Um, I think I don't think you can criticize thought, Che though. I think Che's been absolutely brilliant. I didn't think Che again. He he missed he missed someone running off him. Like long as much as Shane Long runs in behind, he doesn't run off players that well I don't think he was more of the target man I think Adams was supposed to be the one running off long I think that really compromised how we were going to play in all fairness I was expecting Adams and Obafemi as a front two instead of Adams and Long because yeah. I think Obafemi does that running off a man a lot better than Long would do I think Adams and Long are too similar of a player but I think the, the one that we really missed was Vestergaard it sounds weird as an attack, but I think we miss Vestergaard because the amount of times you've seen Vestergaard ping that 30-yard ball, 40-yard ball to our fullbacks running in behind, and like we've created a chance from that. We couldn't break that Fulham side down because Jack Stevens, as much as I love him bringing the ball out the back, he doesn't have that 30, 40-yard pass in behind. I think I saw it once to Carl Walker-Peters, and that was it. Yeah, but I you think, saw against Brighton how we got the penalty with that long ball. We got a couple against Man City where we create chances in that way. Yeah, I think Vestergaard's signature pass isn't actually the the long ball in the air. It's that one where he drills it along the floor, he drills it straight to Che mm. Adams, who then holds up the ball and by completely like he drills it on the floor, hardly leaves and just goes straight to the feet, and it cuts that whole midfield line. So suddenly the defenders are on the front foot. They've either got a push or they've got a drop. They drop, shake and turn, and has got time. If they push, then you're looking in behind, and there's, you know, the amount of times Vestergaard into Che, Che turns, and that's how we got the Walcott goal. The Walcott goal came from Che turning with his body and playing that ball in the heart behind because the midfield got completely cut out with that Vestergaard pass. Defenders pushed in, which left that space in behind that Walcott attacked and uh, ended up getting the goal. So I think that's like Vestergaard's signature pass. And uh, Stevens tried it in the second half. I think Ralph had asked him to try it. Or at least, and he tried it in the second half, but it came up to like knee height, so Che had to take that touch to get to get it under control. Whereas Vestergaard would play it, it's straight at his at his feet, and he can use it. So uh, whether it's Stevens being not in the the first team as much, or he's just not quite as technically good with his passing as Vestergaard, I think we do definitely miss something when Stevens is playing that role. It was it was the distribution out the back that we did miss, and that. That is why we really, really struggle to break Fulham down. Um, and again, I think if we would have bought and like an Indalu or a Gineppo one earlier, I think that would have made a difference slightly. But then again, you do still look at the options on the bench. Like you're not going to bring Valerie on, Salisu on. You got Obafemi, a small bone teller. Those are your other three attackers. You're not going to. You, you maybe you might get an impact. You might not. I was. Interested to see that Smallbone made the bench. Like he hasn't been around for a while, so it was nice seeing him there. But yeah, it was. Tell her this is sort of hat trick than not against. I don't know if it was against. He scored four against Leicester. Yeah, good time to bring him on. 
He came on against yes, City, didn't he? City. He was Ings' replacement. Yeah, but he didn't score mm. the four goals at that, that point, did he? No, he yeah, did. he did, yeah. I'm to apologise. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Again, I think... I think Ralph was quite happy with a point because again, like we've played Fulham of having a little resurgence. They're looking a lot better than they were at the start of the season, a lot more solid. And um, yeah, I think a point again, a point is a decent result, especially with how we what we had three shots. We didn't really create it's much. A, isn't that a level of disappointment though? Because I know we had Ings against Brighton, but against Brighton we were like, do you know what? We're just going to go all out, and we're going to try and get something out of this game. And at the moment, it seems that we're a bit reserved. It seems like twenty minutes ago, if we've got a point, it's a bit like, mm, do we want to try and attack them? We'll we'll do it, but we'll do it in a conservative way. So there's got to be a level of frustration to think, go on, we we started this season well. There's going to be confidence flowing through us. And Fulham didn't. They looked dangerous on the attack, but only, only on a brief occasion. You know, they had the Ngisa chance, they had the Caviero chance, but apart from that, they didn't really do too much. And Lookman was in Walker Peters' back pocket for the entire game, so he was he was completely nullified. It, for me, it was a bit frustrating just due to the fact that I felt with 20 minutes ago, Walcott hadn't done much. I know he scored the offside goal, but apart from that, he wasn't offside, but Che was. But apart from that, I didn't feel like he did too much. Long wasn't for me, wasn't doing too much. I, f- I don't think there would have been any harm in taking off those two, putting on a Lundaloo and Gineppo or whoever you want to put on. I don't think Obafemi would have got on. I think he's just making up the numbers on the bench, to be honest. But for me, I, I did feel that level of frustration to think, come on, you know, we'll go up the table in this because now we're down to ninth. And don't get me wrong, I would have taken ninth <laughs> if you asked me before the start of the season. But the, the way that we've been going, playing against a team in the relegation zone who... I don't think had had another nil nil for like nine years until last week, and they don't regularly keep clean sheets. I think even without Ings, they were they were there to be got at in the last ten minutes because I think they would have felt nervous, thinking you know I, I can't see us getting another clean sheet back to back. And for me, only having three shots, not having not being what I felt that ambitious in an attacking sense, it it was a bit infuriating. Infuriating. Oh, that's ooh. strong language, Harry. Big words. I don't know. I'm you know, well as... <laughs> just thinking that's a bit harsh in the fact that we know that our whole spine of the team, right down the middle, is completely torn apart. I mean, you've got new centre back partnership, Walprouse and Diallo. Who, if we're going to talk about Shane Long having substitute appearances, Diallo's not had any more minutes than Shane Long has in substitute appearances. Shane Long then playing as well, who again has only had substitute appearances. And, um, you know, that's three major positions which have been our strong key points. Vestergaard's build up play. Romeo's dominating in the midfield. Danny Ings when he's fit up front. Those are our three probably most important players. And they were all not available when being replaced by new people for the first time playing all together. So you kind of, they kind of all grouped up to make a little bit of uh, uncertainty. I don't know. I was uh, disappointed with patrol. I also think it's it's this is going to sound a little bit harsh. I think it's a little bit naive saying that they were there to be got at for the last ten minutes, twenty minutes. Because as much as yes, they are in the relegation zone, they've got pace on the break. They've got like Bobby Reed, Andre Lookman, Caviero. They're quick players and they're good players. They they're players of quality. So you 
we push our fullbacks high. We push everyone forward. We have nine players going forward. All of a sudden, we're left on a two on like a two on three. We've got a Ben the record we know is in form, but we've got a Jack Stevens who hasn't played since Palace. And then all of a sudden, you don't want to then have a nil nil and have a solid nil nil. Have a clean sheet. Have the confidence in the back four because I thought the back four were very good um, against Fulham. I thought McCarthy had a good game as well, even though there wasn't a lot for him to do. He still made the saves that he needed to make. Um, I thought overall our back five were really good, and I think it would have been a real shame to go, "Oh yeah, we we can beat this side there in the relegation zone." They're going to get nervous, and all of a sudden we get turned over in the 90th minute. So I think there's there's a bit of conservatory to it. I think it's also We've we for the last three or four seasons we've always conceded late on. We've been that team that if we have a lead, we're going to be the ones to concede. So I I was happy for us just to go. Yeah, we'll take the point. This point could be important for like maybe staying up, maybe a mid-table finish, maybe higher up. Like we don't know how the second half of the season is going to go. We could have. We've had a really good, strong start. We could have a flip season to last year where the players just tank off a little bit and then all of a sudden we're, we're back down there. So uh, I'm happy with the point here, happy with the point against Arsenal. The 3-0 against Sheffield United was, was brilliant. Um, we outperformed them as well. I think the City result was... We could have got something from it. So I think overall, although the, these four games we've taken five points from them, we've taken a good point away at the Emirates. We've the defeat against Man City is disappointing and this performance against Fulham was probably the worst performance we've had all season. Um, and to say that and we've taken a nil-nil away from it, I'm happy. What do you think the mentality of the team's going to be though now that after such a good start, I know we've played against good teams, but we, we've not won in three games and for the first time, sorry, for the back-to-back games now, we've also failed to score, which is an oddity for us not to, not to score in a game. Still I think it's encourage the players. Even. I think it's encourage us because they they still they still have belief in them. You can you can, you can still tell by the players after the game. They come, like I hate to reference social media. You can tell they come out they come out and they show that they're disappointed in themselves. And their points prove themselves. Like I said, the te- the competition team is really tough at the moment, especially players like Redmond um, wanting to get back in the squad, and with um, Armstrong and Theo not playing their best. Everyone's trying to fight for their place. I still think it's just going to encourage them even more with this. Except, like I said, they're not necessarily a bad performance yet. It was our worst of the season. Sort of encouragement. I don't think. I think it's harsh. So we're going to go on a downward spiral. I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not to say, to saying about a downward spiral. I was just thinking. Like did, sometimes when you've not scored in a few games, then you, even though you know the manager wouldn't say it, they'd be thinking, right, this is three points. There's a lot of teams that have been able to get three points against this Fulham side, and I know Liverpool didn't, and I know. X, Y, and Z, Z isn't, but having those three games not winning, and I know you talk about social media, but weirdly, players don't look, some players aren't allowed to look at social media, and some have social media managers which can type words for them that look very encouraging, yet probably aren't their own mind, mindset. The so only thing, Harry, is Liverpool treated them and so did we. What does that say? <laughs> You, you, can, you, can turn up, you can turn up to a Premier League game and say, oh, yeah, that's three points. It's not three points. They're in this division for a reason. They've got quality. As much as I agree, he's a like did an air kit. He probably should have scored there. 
like that would have been one nil. They had they had really good chances to make it one nil, and that's the difference about them staying up and them not. Their chance creation was good. Ours wasn't. We didn't create chances. We didn't we didn't like attack well. So I think even though it's a poor performance from us, it it's a good point away at Fulham. And also saying that we we haven't scored in two games. Like, how is that going to be disheartening? We lost 9-0 to Leicester. I think we've come back from a lot worse than not scoring in two games. One against Man City, who like two or three seasons ago got 100 points. Like They've done back-to-back titles and they've only lost out to Liverpool because of their horrific start to the season last year. In all fairness, I think... I, I don't think there's anything to be worried about. I, I don't think there's any sort of reaction needed from this. It's... It's a disappoint, disappointing performance, but we've managed to get a point from it. So I think that's overall a pretty good result. I mean, what a mentality to have if players are disappointed with a draw, considering how many different cogs were turning. Is that the phrase? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the amount of changes going on, amount of players coming in there, and they're disappointed with a draw, and that we haven't scored in two games, I think they'll be... If that is their determination, they need to keep on going. I think we'll be more than fine. So we've sort of got it. We've got over a lot of things. Diallo, what are your thoughts on his performance that game? I think it's class. First start in the Premier League, you can tell. You can tell the difference between him and Romero because he was good. So Diallo was good at retrieving the ball back, but his obviously the strength wasn't there. I think. That will come in time, and it's just his distribution wasn't the best. Like I said, he, like I said he's still learning the system, and I think he's obviously young as well. It's, it's very impressive, I thought. How old is he? Twenty something. Twenty one. The same as yeah. the same as Salisu. He didn't make an appearance yesterday. What are your I thoughts thought on that? Through. Just bashing three points. Salisu, oh, okay. what are your Can thoughts on that? Can we not talk that? about Diallo first, and then we'll circle around to Salisu? I mean, if you, you want to talk know. about Diallo, I think Jamie did all right by saying he's not the strongest, but he's okay at retaining the ball and passes yeah. are okay there's, I don't think there's too much to say about okay that okay from is the, is the overall okay from Harry is that what it is it's the, it's yeah. the overall okay yeah, that's, it's that's the overall scouting report sorted okay. yeah. he was he like, looked very unfazed didn't he for a 21 year old Premier League full debut he looked pretty pretty calm on the ball he, he turned away from challenges quite a few times which I thought was was good um, there's not a clear partnership between him and Warprouse but it looks, you know, yet. positive. It's not one yet. yet. Yeah, and he's got Romeo to teach him how to uh, get, get, get tackle without getting set hey. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. I was quite happy. That's another quite thing happy. we missed. We didn't get a booking. We didn't get one booking against Fulham. I don't know. That's strange. Very yeah. true. Very true. And I mean, perhaps, we were yeah. we were a bit lucky. I think Diallo should have been booked for his sort of <laughs> half challenge on Lookman yeah. in the first half because yeah, he did true. stop a counter attack, which is a bookable offence. Yeah, so. but it's, it's fine. Frederick kind of gave away a penalty, but then it's kind of wedged over a little he, bit. He he didn't. I think I think his hands were within side. Like I think he didn't make his body bigger, so I think that sort of helped him. And it's from about a yard away. But we could have conceded a penalty. Sorry, we could have got a penalty ourselves when. Ayena had his arm hit with a football, at which is handball. First, I didn't. At <laughs> first, I didn't think it was. There's just the replay. That's a slow motion. 
makes it look yeah. worse. That's the thing. The, the, the thing that I found funny, like, I don't think it was, and I don't think it should be given because it's such a. He does move his arm towards the ball, but his arm's so close to his body that I don't think it really would have made He's a also difference anyway. In that direction, like he, you can't yeah. run without moving your arms, like. But the thing that I found funny is you saw on the VAR, they were checking for offside and then they didn't give the decision. What's the point in yeah, checking for offside if there is no decision that's going to be exactly. made? Yeah. So as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, we're getting a penalty here. And then, no, we didn't get the penalty in the end. So, yeah, I, I don't think it was. I think it would have been incredibly harsh if it was given as a penalty. Uh, same with Bednarek as well. And I think if you give yeah. if you give the uh, R one, then I think you've got to give Fulham one as well for the Bednarek one. It just seems a little bit, yeah. It would have been given on earlier in the season, but not now. Salisi, we didn't mention Salisi. <laughs> he didn't play. Uh, do you think his first game will be against Shrewsbury? Because after he kept a clean sheet, I can't see is, him coming in. Is West Ham next? Romeo's back. 
So mm. I could see him coming straight back in uh, for Diallo, even though Diallo was decent. I think Ralph loves his pairs. Ralph yeah. loves his little partnerships. And I think, again, as Ollie said, that was really missed um, at Fulham. And yeah, I can just see us Romeo coming in. That's going to be the only change to the lineup. I can't see Gineppo coming in um, for either Armstrong or Walcott. He's not no, I, I don't think. I don't think. Well, no, he'll be he'll be on the bench, but I don't think. Um, I don't think he'll take Walker out because he likes his work rate and he likes his effort. And I don't think he'll take Armstrong out because he just provides something different cutting inside. The only change, the only other change I can see is Long coming out, and I think Endelou might start. No, I don't, I don't know for Endelou. I think Walcott will play up front. I think he will. Well, you think Walcott's going to come in, and then Gineppo's yeah. going to come in on the wing? I think, I think with with Walcott, I like him up front because he only has to dribble a very minimal amount, or he has to go through <laughs> empty space. Because yeah. I, I love Walcott, but I, it was very infuriating in Fulham. At Fulham, you're because very infuriated this week, aren't you, Harry? Uh, very, it, was, twice it was just now. like it was just like man, you can say. It was, it was just annoying. No, I don't. I, I'm not a frustrated individual, but um, yeah, that that was mighty annoyance. So I'd much rather see him up front. And you know, if he finishes like he did at Arsenal, then I'd be more than happy with that. Or at Fulham, despite the fact it was, it was a really good finish. To be fair, it was a decent finish. But the Shane Long one was better. But Shane Long was also like 15 yards off. So what I'd hope it was his foot, man. It was his I'd foot. Like, I would prefer him to get offside about 10 or 20 times again, and then the one that he does get onside, he, he scores did, from. It? That's what I prefer him to do <laughs> than him not running in behind at all. Okay, he was off quite a few times to be fair I think that's the Shane Long that we know and love alright that's the Shane Long we know we and love, love. Mikey and he's going to get another yes, 7 we when we 7 in the summer West Ham West Ham Harry what's the score going to be my friend um, my score prediction of hopefulness would be we're going to win 1-0 my concern would be a 2 0 win for West Ham, but I'm going to be predicting hopefulness. So I'm going to say 1 0 to the Saints. To the Saints. I'm going to do a cheeky 2 1 and we'll lose our clean sheets and get a reset. Just because I, I am very scared. How many goals we concede? I don't <laughs> care how many we concede as long as we win or draw. That's fine by me. Just don't, just don't let West Ham do the double over us again. Not again. I mean, we, we haven't played him yet this season, so he's still got plenty of time to not do the double against us. But then, like, we never do well at the London Stadium. That's the problem. Why like, did we won under Puel? That feels like at least a decade ago. Like, Charlie Austin, James Ward-Prowse and Dee Santadic with the goals. That Tannis goal was one of my favourites. He was delightful. I love that little, Lovely goal. little dink. Well, was it, I thought. I thought it was the Tadic goal. He just oh, swerved did he his just body. Fake it? And I Adrian don't know. I just can't like, remember. Adrian like slid across the pitch and just Tadic let let it roll across his body. But mm. enough of reminiscing, Mikey. What's the score going to be? I don't know if you said it already. I'm I was trying to delay. Um, you want me to go while you're thinking. Only thinks go one all, Mikey. What are you going to say? <laughs> two all. Oh, two. Oh. There we go. Done. I'm happy That's just I'm becoming the new scoreline. He's just going for draws <laughs> but higher scoring. You see? That? He knows no, he he definitely definitely that. I'm, I'm going to go. 
Southampton. Yeah, I think two a tight one nil Southampton. I think Ooh, tight one nil. That's what I say. Yeah, I think they'll can. I think they'll score. But I'd be happy with a clean sheet. One yeah, nil is kind of perfect, isn't it? Another nil nil would be fine. <gasps> you know, it's more. I'm happy with a nil. Ho- hopefully, a slightly more exciting. I mean, nil-nil. if everyone else so, loses, we got nil-nil. third. We win. Or if West Ham if beat us four nil, we go down to tenth. <laughs> so it's that. Sort of but we're six o'clock. Uh, the, t- kickoff, the table, so we... the table doesn't matter. Okay, the table doesn't matter now. All right, just enjoy the football. It enjoy the to me, it's gonna be great. It does. Yeah, as it long, definitely as long does. As we're not in those three red things at the bottom, we're fine. So Michael, do you not want to go to the European tour with the boys? The European tour. Would be great. <laughs> uh, however, however, like, I don't think we'll get it this year. I'm just happy to have a consistently solid season. So just nice, good performances throughout the entire mm-hmm. season. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Same points as Chelsea. That's kind of mad, isn't it? It's because Chelsea just can't beat good teams. Or well, you think with Harry Sutton, Chelsea have only lost one game at home this season. And they are second in the home Premier League table. It doesn't make a difference if they don't win them. If they just draw them. Chelsea and they spent two hundred and fifty million pounds on on like two German players. They've they've also like I I like Frank Lampard as a person, but he's not very tactically dynamic. So I wouldn't. We've got a better manager by by quite a distance. That I think that's why like sort of goes equal. And I think also Havertz, like Ollie said earlier about Stuart and coronavirus, I think him having coronavirus didn't help because now he's got a long time to recover. It, it takes quite a long time to recover, I've heard. So that, might, that doesn't help things either. And, and nice they have to change to a different league. So hmm. Quite a nice little note to end it on, isn't it? In the fact that we've got a better manager than Chelsea. That's quite nice, isn't it? Amen. Like, we're quite lucky, aren't we? I think we've got a better manager than most teams... Klopp and mate Guardiola. I think those are the only... <sighs> Not I again. You know. that and I think you have to put Mourinho yeah, on there. But I, I think you, I think those like I think players I think like Ancelotti he's the he's the arsenal of the league. They think they're fantastic because they they've had a lot of trophies in the past. But what have they really done since then? Second at the moment, Ooh. mate. Just... <laughs> but I thought the league table didn't matter. No, but it does matter. <laughs> I thought he said the league table didn't matter because at the end of the season... No, no, just Samantha. I think he's talking about the yeah, season. I'm just enjoying the performances. When you actually want to look at things and be statistical, it's sort of like, oh yeah, I can say that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the best manager in the league because he's getting Manchester United's fourth. I. He it, could it, go second uh, with the game in hand. He's like Sam Allardyce's. He's managed to get a point away at Anfield. He's unbeaten in four there against Klopp. So, yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. says Bielsa's good. Yeah, Bielsa's good, but he's got the worst defensive record in the league at the moment. He's, he, he's not good for me. He's, he's, he's not he's good. A, he's an OK manager, but he's just very overhyped. We're just, we're just listing managers Ooh. at this point. What do you think of John Coleman at Accrington? How's he doing? What? He's actually he's actually doing quite well, to be fair. Might get from that this Harry. season. And anyway, we leave it there. Yeah, go on, so, Jamie, let me just quickly me. check um, the oh, iTunes. Shut up, Harry. I finished the podcast all the time. Yeah, I want Jamie to do it. I want him to prove his worth. Go on, Jamie. <laughs> Surely. What? You dare say that to me, oh, just, just, mate? Be like the other. Don't don't crumble under pressure. Be confident. Two games in hand. 
Like Spurs sorry, yeah. already won up 57 seconds into the game. Yeah, so. And on Mourinho, great manager. Was, are we still going, boys? Because yes. I don't know what's going on. Okay, there was no, there's no, there's no podcast oh, release this week. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much for listening to the Saints Prime podcast. You've been joined with me, Jamie. Me, Ollie. Me, Harry. And don't forget to tune into our social medias at Saints Prime on Instagram, at Saints Prime underscore podcast on Twitter, something like that. I don't really know what it is. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Jamie, if they enjoyed the episode, what should they do? Oh, yes. Leave a flipping review. Yes, and what do they goodbye. do if they get a review? Oh, Ollie, I've said goodbye three <laughs> times now. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they know the drone. I can even review you. Get a shout out. Goodbye. <laughs> Ollie, I was so proud of that. I was doing so well. And you had to button. Really? You bollocked up the uh, Twitter handle. <laughs> Ollie, you don't talk to us <laughs> anymore. Shut, shut up. You, you don't talk to us anymore. I'm here now. Weeks. I turned up. Shush. Only for the podcast, Ian, nothing else. Told you Nothing this. podcast should be here. <laughs> Harry, so the league table only matters in the context that I want it to matter. Okay, it doesn't matter in any other <laughs> oh, context. Sorry, Jamie. Oh, sorry, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> uh.